In today's scripture reading, we take a break from Matthew's gospel and dip into the gospel of John. You may notice that John sounds quite a bit different from Matthew. In this gospel, Jesus speaks in high theological, even mystical language. In fact, the, the symbol for the gospel of John is the eagle because it's a, it's a theology that soars above the others. This mystical language can often seem convoluted and, well, downright confusing, actually. I will confess more than once having to diagram a sentence to really try and understand what the gospel writer is trying to say. So if you are left scratching your head during the reading, no, you're not alone. So one thing to keep in mind as you hear this reading, as Jesus speaks, he refers to the spirit. And you should know that in Greek, the, the word for spirit and wind, it's the same word. So imagine using those words interchangeably in this. So now hear these words of another time and another people, another place, and may they be filled with the spirit in a fresh way for us in this time, in this place. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you were a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. And Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? And Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I say to you, you must be born anew. God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said, how are these things possible? Jesus answered, you are a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. Here ends the reading. Will you join me in prayer? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together lead us into an experience of your ever-present spirit that flows here and there, stirring up newness and wearing away at the places 
where our hearts have become hardened. Amen. He must have been thinking about it for a while. Something about that question must have been nagging him. It was the kind of question that would would keep a person up at night. I imagine Nicodemus sitting at home, staring at the fire, thinking about his question. He had heard about this, this this traveling teacher, this roving healer, this this prophetic preacher who who might just have the answer he was seeking. Though he was a Jew, he didn't want his other Pharisee colleagues seeing him honestly speaking to this rabble rouser. He knew he just had to go under the cover of night where the shadows would protect him. He had faith that this Jesus might just have the answer he was seeking. So he headed out into the streets of the city with his scarf covering his face to find the place where Jesus was. And when he found Jesus, he, he looked at all those people around him and he waited for the moment when Jesus was all by himself and he said, Jesus, I know that you're the real deal. You're sent from God and teach of God's ways. Everyone's seen the work that you're, you've done that's proof of it. This is when he was planning to ask his question. But Jesus jumps right in and says, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Now, this wasn't quite the, the question Nicodemus was going to ask, but now that Jesus had started talking, he had questions about that. So he says, but how can a person be born again? It's a good question, actually. We give Nicodemus a hard time, but it's a fair question. Jesus answers in a way that must be confounding for poor Nicodemus. You must be born anew. God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I can just feel the frustration mounting in Nicodemus. He must be so confused by this answer. Can't Jesus just answer a question? He might ask to himself, you you see, Nicodemus came seeking certainty. Nicodemus wanted to leave this place with all the right answers. And as it turns out, Jesus wasn't going to give away the answer key as if there were such a thing. Wouldn't it be so much easier if life and faith dealt in the realms of certainties? If we knew exactly what tomorrow would bring and where we're headed, then wouldn't things just be easier? I'm not so sure. Jesus says we must be born from above, but he doesn't really give Nicodemus the the step-by-step directions to achieve it. Jesus says, the works of the Spirit are like the wind, working invisibly, through po- though powerfully, in every moment of our being and our becoming. To take an aside, I think that it's unfortunate that for so long, part of this scripture has been used to teach a kind of certainty. We see John 3.16 plastered on billboards and on bumper stickers. Author Slat's tool writes, often used as a way to summarize the entire gospel story, John 3.16 is a simple, direct, concrete verse in an otherwise esoteric chapter. 
Unfortunately, we tend to memorize John 3.16 without the important addition of John 3.17. John 3.16 is sometimes turned into a weapon against unbelievers. But verse 17 offers the corrective that condemnation isn't the point. Even more, I think that it's unfortunate that the focus on this verse has placed the importance on what happens after we die rather than how does this change the way I live today. When we lived in Long Beach, uh, Ben and I took our dog, Remy, to the beach uh, a few times a week. There was a certain section of the beach that was marked off for, for dogs to run off their leash. There wasn't really a, a fence there, but somehow the dogs all just stayed in the area they were supposed to. It was great. I always called it the happiest place on earth, um, <laughs> except when the dogs had a little tiff, but most of the time it was the happiest place on earth. But right next to this section of beach was the area populated by kite surfers. And on windy days, I would bundle up with a jacket and a hat to protect me from the chilly Pacific breeze. But those were the days that were the best for the kite surfers. While I was wearing a parka, these folks were pulling on their wetsuits. <laughs> must have thicker skin than I do. They inflated their kites and they would get out onto the waves and into the wind. The kites would sometimes pull them up out of the water and they'd do spins or flips. I'm sure there's a name for that that I don't know. It was a great show and, and even though it was something that was a little scary for the dogs sometimes, it always looked like these folks were having the time of their life. As Jesus says, the winds of the Spirit are always blowing around us going this way and that, propelling us in the direction of love and justice and wholeness for the whole world, inviting us to be born again in every moment. And if we believe the wind of the Spirit is blowing, then we have a choice. Do we bundle up on the beach or do we put on the wetsuit and put our kite up in the air and ride the currents of the Spirit where she takes us? This is what it means, I think, to be reborn of the Spirit. It's not a once and done thing. We are reborn in every moment. We let go of ourselves and give in to the wild leadings of the Spirit. One of the most ancient ways to talk about the relationship between the three persons of the Holy Trinity is the word, get ready for it, the word perichoresis. It has the same root word as choreography. It means dance. A mutual giving and receiving. It's dynamic and moving. Not something we can pen down. It's a great mystery that we are invited to be a part of. In his book, The Divine Dance, Father Richard Rohr writes about this divine mystery. He says, remember, mystery isn't something that you cannot understand. It's something that you endlessly under, understand. There is no point at which you can say, I've got it. Always and forever, mystery gets you. Circling around it is all we can do. Whatever is going on in God's flow is a radical relatedness, a perfect communion between three, a circle dance of love. And God is not just a dancer. God is the dance itself. A divine dance of love is going on all around us, and we are invited to step into it, to join the dance. 
to, re, to be reborn in the dancing. I'd like to share a poem with you that was written by Reverend Michael Coffey, and it's, it's titled Airstream. Be born of wind and water, said the teacher in the night. Be new and swim and soar in the mystery of God now. So Nick polished his airstream, and he took it out on the road, from Palo Duro Canyon to Big Bend and beyond. He deleted entries in his Google Calendar. He went offline. He checked off incomplete tasks on his, on his lists, driving free, stopping wherever it seemed the flow was flowing, encountering strangers with deep pools of eyes. From time to time, someone on the roadside needed a tire change or a gallon of gas, so he stopped. Occasionally, he met someone at a Waffle House who sat alone, and he struck up a conversation. He paid the tab. Once he met a woman with a thin three-year-old and gave her a year's worth of grocery money just like that. Then he stopped and stayed a while in Death Valley heat. He drank mango iced tea, absorbed desert wisdom like the sun. When he realized the tires were shot, the trip was done. He gave thanks for the day he trusted the teacher and took off. Gave thanks for letting go, for the restless spirit, moving him fluid through life like water streams. Friends, we might not know what tomorrow will bring. We might not know what's going to happen with the spread of the coronavirus. We might not know what's going to happen if, as we continue this seemingly endless presidential race. We might not know what's in store for our relationships. Jesus might not offer easy step-by-step -step instructions, but he assures us of this. He assures us that the wind of the Spirit will continue to blow even across the wilderness places of our lives. So our role, our role in that, is to let up our sails and set off into the flow and to be born again, time and time again. Amen.